Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial is Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're here to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your uh, morning here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Uh, in his uh, normal spot on Thursday, Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star will catch up with those Huskers as they hit the bye week, right? Yes, they're on their bye this they week. They are. Uh, coming off uh, yet another deflating loss. Uh, but we'll get uh, Sip in here, uh, kind of the state of the program at the uh, at their bye, and pick his brain on some teams that, uh, that he has seen in person that Iowa will see here in the waning few weeks. An awful sentence. I, I don't know why you got to always bring it up. The college. Why? Football. Why? Knock it off. I know it's just brutal, right? It's well, you the, keep bringing it up. It's that's just what makes brutal. it brutal. Blink, and it's December. Anyway, simple first. Then Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He's got a handful of games to opine on. Look forward to that spot uh, with Lee at 11.05. We're going to switch things up. going to do Big Four basketball with our friend Kevin Lehman, who does, uh, he's an analyst throughout this season, does a lot of games, crosses over conferences. He was at Big 12 Media Days yesterday. I'm assuming Valley Media Days earlier in the week for Kevin, but uh, nonetheless want to get his take on Iowa, Iowa State, UNI, and the state's highest-ranked team preseason-wide, those Drake Bulldogs. So Kevin Lehman will be here at 11.05, and I'm really looking forward to it, to transitioning a little bit here to college basketball, and then Bill Bender back to football, the college variety from the Sporting News. NFL returns tonight if you're playing the game. Make sure you are up to speed on the injury report because there's a bunch of guys out on both teams. Number has dropped Total has dropped what from forty four and a half to forty one and a half. I think it's circa. Uh, it's, it's had a, a significant drop, but beware if um, you know if indeed you're going to play that game. The uh, speaking of playing that game, did you see LSU has signed with a, a sports? I believe it's Caesars. Yes, yes, I saw that. I mean, come on, think of how where we were mm-hmm. a decade ago, right? To where we are now with. Everybody jumping on board this thing. Look, you may as well. well absolutely. It's, it's here to stay. It's a part of it. I mm-hmm. saw Connecticut uh, flip the switch this week. They are now uh-huh. alive. I'm sure everybody that works at ESPN is very pleased about that. The daily racing form, which is the Bible in horse racing, is now in the state of Iowa with sports wagering. Wow. Uh, middle of November, DRF Sports huh. comes to the state. So it's not like, I mean, seemingly there's a new one every week. It feels that but way. they're not staying away. Mm-hmm. They're not staying away. But yeah, uh, LSU, the first Power 5 team to come to an agreement with, uh, with uh, a sports wagering company, in this case, Caesar. So who will be first in our state? Will there be one in our state that says, yeah, you know what? We'll take the advertising dollars. Well, already listening, obviously, to Hawkeye Games at WHO and the Learfield Network, they advertise all the time for Riverside. It's a casino. So they talk about going golfing and everything, but come on. Mm-hmm. You know the reason that you're going to Riverside. And though the golf course is very nice, ultimately, 
It's about the casino. So you're sure. already there. You're already playing that dance. What's another step, right? No, at I this agree point. With you. Remember the hubbub about when they were doing the alcohol, the beer. I think it was Budweiser had a deal with Learfield and the University of Iowa. And there was all this back and forth and the professors just that were advertising. Just advertising. And one of, the, one of them said, well, can't we at least get some good beer? You know, made, made that <laughs> nice. joke. You know, as they're going back and forth as the emails, as they always yeah. do, became public with the conversation that was happening there. And that was a big deal to a lot of people. You're advertising mm. alcohol during a college event. Now you can drink alcohol yep. inside a Kinnick Stadium. Right. And now legally, you can legally you have to sneak it in. <laughs> right. Because I'll tell you, that was not my first beer against Indiana inside of Kinnick. Guessing that's that was the not case the first for... time I enjoyed a cocktail right. <laughs> inside of Kinnick Stadium, but first time I did it legally mm-hmm. and didn't have to keep it confined and underneath or slug one in the bathroom. No, just went and got in line, paid just your money, and, and, and away you go. And, and had one. Well, now it's gambling, and uh, it's here. Sports wagering is here. So if you're playing tonight, and again, and, and I want to put this disclaimer out too, if you think you have a problem, and this is legit, I, this mm-hmm. is absolutely legit, because some people will, and it, that's the... Um, Obviously, the dark side of all of this is is reach out one eight hundred bets off. It's been around forever. It uh, I I remember when Prairie Meadows opened in nineteen eighty nine. It was a big talker back then in all the racing programs. Um, back as far as you know, since gambling really came to the states. So, uh, anyways, uh, if you do have a problem, one eight hundred bets off. But and it is that's here. and and it's important. It really is mm-hmm. because we joke about my degenerate lifestyle that I lead. What's your tax? You call it? Yes, my entertainment tax. Right, and that's what it is. Watching NBA last night and betting NBA. I don't know crap about the NBA in general, you know, compared to actual bettors that do it for a living, but it, a little more juice. But I bet 5 or $10 a game. I'm not a big player, and I enjoy it just as much. Back when I did bet more money, I hated it. I didn't like that feeling, right. even when the relief came and the excitement of winning a bet. Just, yeah, but you know what's around the corner. When you do it in this fashion, you can eat out a little bit, yeah. which I'm doing this season, that's great. And you know, if you lose a little bit, that's okay, but you know what? My mortgage is going to be okay. Absolutely. My car kids, payments kids going are going to be have there. clothes on their back. And that's not everybody. Food on their table. And I understand that's not everybody. No, everybody can't bet that way and still get the same kind of enjoyment that I can when I hit a $5 parlay for 40 bucks. All right, here mm. we go. It doesn't do it for everybody either. Mm. You're right. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, baseball last night, Trent. Look, you got to give these Braves credit, right? Yeah. Give this Braves organization a ton of credit. Last night was a bullpen night, and they got through it unscathed. You brought him up yesterday, and to, to help me out with his name, uh, he's for Alex Anthopoulos. Yes. That's as close as I can get. Anthopoulos. Anthopoulos. Good Greek man. And he's a good GM, too. Yes, and he, he was is. good in, he was good in Toronto. Yeah, he, he made was. a couple of blunders, but, uh, but everybody does. That's a tough division when you're going up against oh, those heavy points. That's a great point. When the Red Excellent Sox point. spend in their fashion, the Yankees yep. spend, yep. and then you got Tampa that does it a different way, but is really good every single year. No, no doubt. But for this guy to build, rebuild his outfield the way he did at the trade deadline, and look at the impact that they're having. Trent, the entire outfield yesterday had a major, major uh, out, uh, say in this baseball game. The, Rosario, Duval, Jock Peterson. By the way, Jock Peterson, what's he wearing around his neck? Those are pearls that my sisters would wear in playing dress up right. with my mom's shoes. There's something with his mom because there has to be. It was a right? couple of games ago, and I remember they they cut to and now more and more braces. Was that his wearing. mom behind the I behind think, the behind home plate? I think that's what okay. it was. I remember I didn't catch the whole story of it, but I think there was a piece something with his mom, and I don't know if it's okay. just something going back. If there's an illness, I don't know what exactly mm-hmm. the full story is. 
but it's something with his mom. And I figured it had to be luck or something. Right, yeah. I, talk about a different look. We're used really? to the gold chains out there, and yeah. you know, Mookie carrying around that big old gold chain that he has. Pearls? Just different. That's all just different. Yes. Reminding me of my sister's playing dress up. Yeah, absolutely. Getting into mom's jewelry and whatever. But Anthopolis going out and doing that. And I thought Matt Snyder on Tuesday with us brought up a really good point. The Braves at that point, Acuna's done. Yeah. It's over. One right? of the best players in baseball. All right, we might win the division. We got to fight the Phillies and the Mets. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the but, good news is the Mets are in the division. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're going to collapse. Yeah, they'll find a way to lose because <laughs> right. that's what the Mets do. But we're not going to win this thing. And he said, no, no, no. I'm not going to just go out and, waving the flag. and make a move to make mm-hmm. a move. I'm going to make three moves. Yeah. And, and four, he brought over Solaire. Yes, to solidify what we have. And maybe one of them doesn't work out. That was Solaire. But Eddie Rosario, when he is hot, and Boy, watched he was him yesterday. playing a lot of games throughout the years right. with the Minnesota Twins. So why didn't it work in Cleveland? Is those stretches? I don't even know if it didn't work. Cleveland wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. They were looking for anything that they could get in return for him. Mm-hmm. But when Eddie Rosario is right, and we're seeing it here this series, mm-hmm. he can play at the highest of high levels. He can do that for a week or two stretch. It's just the kind of guy he is. Now, when he's bad, he's about as bad as anybody in baseball, and he just looks brutal up there. He is a very free-swinging guy, doesn't take walks, doesn't take many pitches, but when he's locked in like he is and certainly was last night, he is as talented of a guy as you're going to find. He has that kind of yeah. talent, and at the walk-off game winner a couple games ago, he just... He continues to roll here. So is it over? Are you throwing dirt on the Dodgers now? Well, here's the thing, Trent. Obviously, they have to win tonight. They're down 3-1. Mm-hmm. But if they win tonight, Scherzer 6, Bueller 7. You couldn't draw it up much better, right? You couldn't. But this is a bullpen game for them tonight. It was a bullpen game for the Braves last night, and it went yeah, their way. It did. So the Dodgers last night, who did they all use out of the pen looking forward to here? Gonsal and Pickford are the two that I remember after Urias. And uh, Brule. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I do remember him now that you mention it. So Gonsolin was terrible. Mm-hmm. Brule's the, the lefty, right? Yeah. He's available. Lefty, correct. He only got an out, out to end yep. the inning, uh, to end the seventh, I guess that was. So Gonsolin's out. Pickford, Bickford, excuse me. No, he, he can't come back. He play, That's two nights in a row for him. Two in a row. Yeah. And he threw one and two-thirds. He threw how many pitches? Threw 21 Maybe, Maybe at the end. Yeah. But everybody else is there. Mm-hmm. So you're ready to go, right? You got it. Now, the problem is you're going up against Max Freed, who over the yeah. last three months has been the best pitcher in baseball. Max Freed's a nice pitcher. Mm-hmm. Not a guy you think about, though, the best pitcher over a three-month stretch. That's what he no, is. No, you been. wouldn't. You'd guess a lot of guys' names before you got to him. 20? 30? <sighs> Maybe 40 Easily. names that, that I get to before <laughs> right. Max Freed would come up. Yeah. Yet that's how good he was basically since July to where we are right now. So you put that together, but if it doesn't happen, Oof. and that pressure, and the collapses of Atlanta sports in general, mm-hmm. remember where you're going back to. <laughs> and to think that that doesn't matter. Think of those Red Sox teams, the good ones before they finally broke through. And it always felt like watching those games and just hearing the crowd, there was that inevitability that we are going to find a way not to win it, to lose it. Well, 86. And, and that, that negative energy that that's starts what it, that's to seep. That's where it comes from, Trent. So yes. going back to 86. And it seeps through. And it, it seeps through in Atlanta. 28-3, right? <laughs> yeah. 28-3 is still a big part of Atlanta sports. Mm-hmm. All those division championships in the 90s and into the 2000s. 28-3. And that's going to be there, too. 
Get it done tonight, Braves. That's all I say. Get I'm with you. I'm with you, although they do have a little bit of cushion you know, in Game 6. But if it gets to Game 7, boy, look out below. Look out below. Well, uh, meanwhile, in the American League, he was entertaining. I, I was into. I was into both of them yesterday. I thought they were they were both blowouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd like to see. I should. I really don't have an opinion in the American. I don't particularly care for the Red Sox, Houston. Yeah, they didn't have to cheat. That's the crazy part about this. Right. I don't believe that this team needed to cheat. It's like Bonds when he was in his heyday. He didn't mm-hmm. need to cheat. You're a five-tool player. You wouldn't have had the numbers maybe, but your bust would be in Canton. Um, Cooperstown. Cooperstown. Um, yeah, but, the, but they did, and they got caught. So I don't know. It's um, I'd rather see the Astros. I think the Astros are a better team. I think the Astros are a better team. And for that reason, I want them to prevail. And with what you said there about this team, how talented they are, and obviously the negativity that continues to surround them, a championship for them would mean so much. It would. It would validate. Yes, that's a good point. That we actually did this without having to cheat, mm-hmm. that we got to this point. Now, of course, there's going to be naysayers and going to be people, what are they doing now? You know that's going well, to be did out you, there. Well, did you see the cheating, not cheating, but the, the moment terror? Um, the moments in the game last night when they we thought the Red Sox were cheating last night with the light in the outfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. And then Twitter saw uh-huh. the light. Yeah, yeah. And what's this mean? I, guess, I mean, I guess there was an explanation for it, but I thought, oh, my God, here we go again. And if all teams, it's these two teams who right. actually got busted <laughs> and didn't learn their lesson. Um yeah, you're right. It would validate it. If the Astros were to get there and were to prevail, it would validate it. But, man, oh, man. Do you have a rooting interest now? No, you... no, I just don't like either team. Just want to watch baseball. Of the four that are left, do you have a? No, I don't like any of these teams. Yeah. I really don't. Probably the most likable. I, I think the Dodgers are actually a likable group. They just spend so much. Yeah, and now Turner's out for the year, right? With that hamstring, it's hard to with any of them. The Braves were just—they were so good, mm-hmm. just annoying. And they're still bitching about ninety-one. Kent Herbeck <laughs> and Ron Gant, yeah. get over it. Yeah, really, get over it. Yeah. No, I. I just don't have a rooting interest with any of them. I guess Freddie Freeman, he's an easy guy to root mm-hmm. for. He might be the one. But I'm just watching baseball yeah. and rooting for my bets. That's kind of the way that I've been watching these playoffs. The rooting interest part of it, it hasn't seeped in. It just yeah. it's hard with these group of teams. I, I haven't bet a dollar on the on the on the uh, on the playoffs at all. Uh, I bet the Brewers to win it, but that was right. in September. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I, I haven't bet on. I guess I'm rooting for the Braves. Yeah. Well, and tonight I'm rooting for the Dodgers because we've talked about how rough Saturday is college football wise in general. Oh, so we need to prolong this thing. We need we need to get two games. We need to get a game seven and the Astros Red Sox uh-huh. when that would be, and we need a Dodgers Braves. Game six is what that would be. The, the, I mean, here, here's your Sunday night or your Saturday night viewing, folks. We've been harping on this all week long, so break, be prepared. I mean, the best game of the night. What's the best game of the night? Of the night of the USC Notre Dame. You want to watch that? No, I'm going to watch West Virginia TCU, and I really don't want to. <sighs> but they're but Tell me how State still has to play them, so I guess that's where I'll be. NC State at Miami? Yeah, decent. It's a tight number. NC State, you've got a, a total on them, mm-hmm. do you not? Yep. Six and a half? Six, uh, six flat six. six. Flat six, and, they, and what have they got, five now? They do. One away from getting... South Carolina will get pasted by A&M. Utah, like the Utah... Maybe Utah, Oregon, but that's Pac-12 Network. That's Pac-12 Network, so cross that one off the list unless you're looking for illegal spots. It's a bad night. It's a bad night. Tennessee, Alabama? San Diego State Air Force. I got an opinion on that game. All right. 
CBS Sports Network. I got a lot of CBS Sports Network. Yeah, you found one early in the day yeah. on CBS Sports Network. Uh, 5 right? o'clock on Friday. Wake, wake, oh, yeah. Oh, there's a Wake Forest. Yeah. But Wake Forest Army's uh, That's CBS their 11 Sports. o'clock game, yeah. And maybe the best game of the early window is that one. Trent, the best game of the day is in Ames, Iowa. Not it's in Ames, Iowa. Yeah, not at all. Atop, uh, uh, the eighth-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys, eighth-ranked, are getting a touchdown. So, with that. Into this game. I came in Monday, told you right away. Iowa State's going to kill Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. I have not been impressed by Oklahoma State. Well, I understand right. they're undefeated. The defense is good. They can run the ball. Warren can run the football. Sanders, he stinks. Well, you've got to make him throw it. Yeah. You've yeah. got to make him throw the football. Because he can beat you with his legs. He can. He can. And the running back, the transfer has been really good mm-hmm. for them. But overall, it just it doesn't feel like a great Oklahoma State team. And yet here they are unbeaten. So, who, Iowa State. Who, who's more of a pretend... Michigan State or Oklahoma State? Oh, Oklahoma State, I'd say. Now, Michigan State, it's still hard to tell. You know, that Miami win that we got excited about? Yeah, Miami not very good. They're not very good. Right. Michigan State's going to certainly get an who, opportunity. Who did they struggle with? Couple Was it Northwestern? Well, in Indiana last week. Uh-huh. Yeah. Another game where Michigan State did nothing in the mm-hmm. second half. The other team could take advantage, just like the Nebraska game for Michigan State. So I started thinking a little more and digging a little deeper. And there's a lot of the, the check marks that you put here. Basically, anything on paper, anything analytically, you look like Iowa State's a lot better than Oklahoma State. They get them at home, kind of all these things. But go back to week two for Iowa State. Well, this is the year. Mm -hmm. This is the year they're going to beat Iowa. Same thing here. This is the year they're going to beat Oklahoma State. Gundy's Mm -hmm. had Campbell's number, just like Ference has had Campbell. This is the year. It's a team built pretty similar to Iowa. Not a great offense, but a really good defense can slow things down. I think more than anything... We saw it last week against Kansas State. Getting off to a good start is paramount here. Yeah, you don't have to score on your first play. <laughs> You're right, yeah. No, it'd, it'd be nice. Right. I mean, Brees wants to go 75 yards sure. again and jump out 7 nothing. We'll take it, but... So I got that. And then you said last week we still don't know with Iowa State. Beating you and I, mm-hmm. UNLV, Kansas. And I think you got to throw Kansas State into the mix. How about this? Of course, Kansas State doesn't have a conference win this year. They have now lost eight consecutive. Yeah, that surprised me. Conference games. Yeah, you said that earlier. I, I was surprised by that. I never would have guessed that. And here's the worst part about it, Chris Kleiman. What are oh. you doing? What are you doing? Asking the media for help? Has it got that bad? He, We're not supposed to do that. He, uh, now I know you probably there were some vo- there were some ears in that room that perked up and kind of nodded. Okay, we got your back, coach. But right. yeah. but that's not supposed to be. We uh, that was embarrassing. It was a bad look. You're terrible. He wanted more positivity, is what he said. Well, when we lost eight straight games in conference, there's going to be negativity from the media. It's not our job. Our job is not to prop things up. It's not to all sunshine and rainbows, though. I know a lot of people want that. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not what and the job of the media is. I get that when it's warranted. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, we both, I mean, we're not neg- negative Nellies all the time. It's not negative to be negative. It's negative right. when we see negativity. Right. And when it's there, but to call ask the media for help. That was bad. Oof. That was a bad look. And so it kind of goes step in step with Iowa State. So, you, you so you're week. still not sold because you don't know you don't know about K State. The, the K State win maybe wasn't as impressive. And you know how much I love Skylar Thompson. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I have a poster in my room. He's so tough, Trent. He is. But the rest of that team, are they really good? They've so, got a couple of guys on defense. I still believe Iowa State's a lot better than Oklahoma State. But at least I had a lot more reservations here on a Thursday yeah. than I did on Monday when we came in. 
and I bet it it was basically the only game early in the week that I bet was Iowa State all over the place. I, I got them on some. Uh, Do you? Oh yeah, all over the place. They're they're involved in a couple of parlays. They're involved everywhere. Hmm. I laid the seven because I knew it was going to go to seven and a half some places. It did at Circa, I saw, and I think most everybody has kind of responded with that. So I wanted to get it at that seven. More reservations, still feel confident, but I understand why there might be people out there, and I've heard this from a couple of Cyclone fans this week saying, slow down. I know you love Iowa State this week, but mm-hmm. Gundy, weird things happen in mm-hmm. this game. Yeah, there's, there's, just, there's concerns there, maybe more concerns than I thought earlier in the week. Um. Yeah, I like Iowa State a lot this week. Um, Bijan Robinson got his. I mean, he got, mm-hmm. but he's and he's a good back. So is Brees in the first half. Yeah, that's a good point. What was that was the difference. Pl- that's a that's a good point. Sark's game plan in the second. I mm-hmm. I did not like. You got a guy like that. You just I just here's him. what I think when I look at Iowa State. I see Brock Purdy. That was the best game I've ever seen him play. He's playing at a high level. He today. really and truly is. Brees Hall's Brees Hall again. Mm-hmm. Yes, Charlie Kohler, who missed Week One, he's Charlie Kohler again. Yep. Throw in that Hutchinson, Noel. Looks like they got something there in this kid. We were looking for a number two wide receiver. All season long, that's been one of the talkers every Monday. And not only that, but now Sean Shaw is back. It looks like it. And he is impactful. Boy, he made hell of, that, that touchdown was a hell of a was hell of a throw, but B it was quite a dance on the sidelines to stay in bounds. He's healthy with his size and his ability in the red zone. That changes things mm-hmm. for this offense. Offensive line is, looks like they're getting better. And how about back to the first half, just getting off to a good start. Yeah. Even go back to the UNLV game. They got off to a terrible start mm-hmm. in that game. They were, they were shooting themselves in the well, foot against Trent, a bad I, team. It didn't show up on TV until, and I left the game and I parked myself at the win. Yeah. <laughs> watch it here and it didn't come on. I think there was three minutes left in the first quarter, so I'll take your word for it. But against a bad UNLV team, even that one, they got off to a slow start. So same thing as I kind of started this, get off to a good start here. Mm-hmm. There's something about Oklahoma State. I think if you can get them down, and because of their well, limitations, the defense in the for Iowa game, State. I, look, at, I, I want to see what Haycock does in the second half. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and do that early, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> get to, get to that a little earlier than you have because you're really impressive in the final 30 minutes. I think they'll win the game, Trent. There's a reason mm-hmm. that the uh, that the top 10 team is getting seven points. Yes, it's a pretty good betting strategy. Mm-hmm. If you see an unranked team laying points against a team that is ranked. More times than not, that is going to be a winning ticket for you, and even a number been like this. Four weeks since, or three or four weeks, three weeks, right? Since uh, they've been, since the crowd has been able to tailgate and and participate. Oh, that's right. When the Kansas game was the last week in September or the first week, first in week October? of October. Okay, couple so weeks, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Had the bye week seen. and then had the bye and, and you the went road to trip. right. So they're ready to go. They'll be in full throat. What's the weather going to be like Saturday? You know what? It's uh, not going to be warm by any means. I know you were chilly on your walk today. 59. 50 rain, 59 and some sprinkles on Saturday. Rain, huh? Yeah. It's the best game of the day. I think it is. I think it's the marquee game of the day in college football. And here's the other thing. If game day wouldn't have come here in week two, because mm-hmm. they're, they're at the Rose Bowl, right? They are, yep. Where they'll go on the air at six a.m. Mm-hmm. in the dark. Um, this had to be. This had to get some looks, would it not? I mean, what the, has more national buzz, though? Well, that's the. the you're right. Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, yep, you're right. It's still Oregon. Yeah. They're still in the playoff conversation, and they're getting points. They're they're a dog. They opened up as a one point favorite. Oregon did. Now, now UCLA's flipped, two and right? a half. Yeah, one and a half, two and a half, depending mm-hmm. on where you're looking. So. That national buzz still does matter here. If Iowa State had a number by their name, well, yeah. it'd be the only one of the week. Right. It is 
the end of October, and we don't have a ranked it's, matchup it's this week. For for us to be this late in the season and have this, look, we're all going to watch. We're, there's going to be a phenomenal. We'll, I, I know what it's going to be like. I can't wait to talk to Bama on Monday at 11.05 because it was a crazy week sure. in college football. Happens it's always every, the way it is, right? Every single time. But buckle in because after that, we get Michigan, Michigan State next week. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. We get Florida, Georgia. Trent, you can just stay in the Big Ten East because yeah, right. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State—they got a lot of games left against each other. Old Miss, Old Miss, Auburn—two ranked teams. Penn State, Ohio State's also that week. It's going to ramp up mm-hmm. in a big way. So we'll get through this week. Something crazy will happen. Yep. there'll be talking points. There'll be stupid fans that'll do something dumb. It just. It's college football. Mm-hmm. The goofiness will jump out in a big time way. Uh, Ten twenty-five. Time for another thousand-dollar handoff. Sipple next, by the way. Uh, text the keyword "bag" to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars. Bag to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, bag to 200-200. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com still to come this hour. We will transition to college basketball with a good look at the Big Four with Kevin Lehman, who will do Big Ten, Big Twelve, uh, Valley Games all winter long. He will join us at 11.05 and then Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We're Miller and Condon. We're on 1460 KXNO and 10. Truly welcome. Get it's and time for sit. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Corn Huskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, welcome back. Norrin Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Stephen M. Sipple, our friend from the Lincoln Journal Star, also does mornings over uh, in uh, Lincoln. Hello on radio. Hello, Stephen M. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for uh, popping on with us here, Sip, on the bye week. Well, uh, look, Nebraska managed to um, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory seemingly again every time. And you've seen this movie a bunch this year, Sip. It's remarkable the uh, the losses, uh, the, the the close one-score losses that have incurred under Frost's leadership. It has to be getting old and wearing thin over in Nebraska. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's frustrating. It's deflating. Um, I, I mean, I got a pretty good sense of it last week because I had to stay back. I couldn't go to the game. Um, for, I mean, if we had a funeral in the family, gotcha. that's not the point. The point is I watched the game with, with fans, um, because of circumstances and it was, and I got a better sense of how deflating it is. It's an interesting psychology, though, that we're talking about, guys. It's not. I mean, there's a there's people aren't. There's not. There's not a pitchfork crowd here. You know, it's not people. I wouldn't say are angry. Um, they're deflated, kind of worn out, like you said. But it's not. I want to. There's a distinction to be made there. There's not. I don't think fans are even resigned. It's just. It's just getting old. 
Um, but I don't think it's reached a point where people are just throwing up their arms and saying, okay, time to make a change. I don't hear a lot of that. Just going down the road and, and continuing at this point, injuries piling up. Adrian Martinez, he's banged up. Now a bye week this week certainly would help with Purdue on the horizon. That game looks a little more difficult than we thought it would be, and it's not like mm-hmm. Nebraska hasn't struggled themselves against Purdue throughout the years. So it's a bye week. With the bye week here, three and five is the record. Your record, you are what your record says you are, Bill Parcell said. What is this week about, developmentally for this program and looking forward to the rest of the year? What is Nebraska doing? Well, you know, because they played week zero and the allotment of practices allowed, they only practiced twice. Mm. So they practiced Tuesday and Wednesday. That's it. Now they got the rest of the week off. Um, they'll bring the players back. Now, Scott talked yesterday in his only media appearance. The only media appearance for anybody was yesterday, and Scott was pretty good. I mean, Scott Frost, the head coach, was, I mean, he was pretty illuminating. The coaches recruit, um, Trent. Um, the coaches go out on recruiting, and it's the first time that the Nebraska staff has been on the road in 620 days, you know, because of, yeah, isn't that something? It really because is. of COVID. Yeah, 600 plus days. They, they, they were not, you know, they weren't out on the road. Now they are in mass this week. Um, so the coaches recruit, the players have most of the week off. They'll bring them back a little earlier, although Frost is indefinite as to win to get ready for Purdue. I imagine Sunday, maybe Saturday, but probably Saturday. Sunday is when everybody will reconvene um, and get ready for what you characterize correctly. I would say a 50-50 game against Purdue. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, they sure impressed the heck out of the, us. And um, you know, not that they need our help, but if you get an opportunity, pass it along. Maybe cover Bell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch them catch 11 passes um, for 240. I, I did watch the game. And, yeah, they're real. That was a – there was nothing flukish about that win Purdue put on Iowa. Um, they were, I thought they were impressive. Well, the the good news is, is um, I mean, secondary wise, um, they got you, Nebraska's got some dudes, right? I mean, Taylor Brett is a terrific corner. I think he's got a really good chance. I, I, well, we're going to see that 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 seemingly will be the matchup. So we'll do that next week. Uh, Sip, uh, get into that okay. a little bit more. But I want to pick your brain on what you've seen so far and just how, how you see the Big Ten West from your outpost over in Lincoln. Look, we thought Iowa was, you know, the consolation if they didn't get to a playoff was going to be, oh, they're going to get to the Rose Bowl. Pretty good landing spot. Now, not so sure. Because the offense, which has been uh, the defense, covers up a lot of warts, right? And and the offense, when the, as, as um, they're just not running the football, um, they got exposed last week. So, from your perspective, when you look at the West, kind of handicap it for us. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's difficult to. I still think Iowa would be the front runner. You'd have a hard time convincing me otherwise if only because of schedule. I get the Wisconsin game will be tough. I still like Iowa to win the West. Purdue and Minnesota, okay, I mean, Minnesota, you can't ignore because of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, look, at Minis- look, at, look at Minnesota's next three games. It's Northwest, not in this order, but it's Northwestern and Illinois and Maryland, okay? 
Now, how could you rule Minnesota out with that? Mm-hmm. Um, you can't. You can't. I don't think you can rule out Purdue. Although I believe their schedule gets pretty tough. Um, but I, so I, if I if I'm really if I'm really getting down to it, I like Iowa. I would give Minnesota a chance, and that, those are the top two in my mind. Speaking of the Gophers, uh, now I'm disappointed that we don't get officially the $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy that continues back in the faux Pelini days of Twitter and, hmm. and how much fun that was. I know it's still an unofficial trophy, but it's not the same. But uh, just that matchup with Minnesota. And afterwards, Fleck going after Nebraska a little bit with his comments talking about yeah. culture and their culture, our culture versus their skill. I know Scott Frost responded to that, but your takeaway, two young coaches, and I'm here for it. Let those two guys holler at each other a little bit. Yeah, they go after each other. I mean, PJ's comments were probably in response to something Frost said back in July in, at Big Ten Media Days where he said he doesn't get into sloganeering. And everybody interpreted that as a shot at P.J. Fleck. He used the word sloganeering, and it was clearly in the context of the conversation. <laughs> um, it was a shot. Um, and Frost has done that a, a couple times. Um, and, you know, Fleck has heard it, obviously. And Fleck had that comment of, this is a, a good example. He had the comment Saturday after the game. This is a good example of culture over skill. And that was an insult. I mean, that's an insult to Frost and Frost program. And sort of, as Jim Suhan of the Minneapolis Star Tribune pointed out, and, I, and, I, and he wrote a really good column, a post-game column, did Suhan. Um, and he pointed out that, that Fleck somehow, and as only P.J. Fleck can do, managed after a win to insult both the program they beat and his own program <laughs> because and PJ sticks his foot in his mouth a little too much. Um, and he did, I mean, cause he, cause he, he, in a sense, he demeaned the skill on his own team with that comment. And that's an odd, odd, sort of an odd take. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not anti PJ Fleck. I think he, I don't understand. I mean, you know, you rarely see coaches do that, though. I mean, very rarely, especially after a win, um, cutting down the other team. Uh, you know, that just that you don't see that very often. But, but on the other hand, Fleck has Nebraska's number. If it has become a little bit personal, if they circle Nebraska a little bit in red, like it seems to be the case, well. I mean, that's something else Nebraska has to deal with. And lately, I mean, guys, Minnesota's won the last three. Mm. Sip, uh, we got like a minute left. Uh, just real quick, uh, uh, Tanner Morgan, uh, we, we both saw it, looked at it, thought he was terrific. I have no idea who the running back was that did all the damage. I know they've been through a plethora of running backs with the Gophers pretty far <laughs> down the depth chart, but this kid's good. Yeah. And then Ottman yeah. Bell was Ottman Bell, and uh, and he burnt you repeatedly. So I guess uh, Tanner Morgan, just uh, your thoughts um, on, on a guy who's really had an up-and-down year. Oh, yeah, not even really that up and down, mostly down. So I was shocked. I mean, I was bewildered, okay, when Tanner Morgan complete. I think he was 15 of 16 at one point. Mm. Okay. Bewildered. I mean, he entered the game 
he entered the game completing 52.2% of his passes. They didn't get pressure on him. Um, he had a lot of time to throw, and I don't know what – I mean, Nebraska was in its base defense in the first half, and it just they weren't I – mean, they just weren't giving Altman Bell enough attention. And they and I think Minnesota, what Minnesota was doing was seeing Nebraska staying in space, changing its plays, and then Nebraska not changing up, uh, you know, not responding in kind. So they took advantage of it, and Altman Bell had a big first half and a big game. Um, Minnesota, I don't know what to say. They're just, they're all right. I will say this about them. They were the aggressor from the start. Yeah, very, in a very kind of, you know, if you just pull back from the micro elements of the game and just look at it on a very macro level, it was striking to me how better prepared Minnesota seemed to be from that standpoint. Like it, it, it the want to, was much it seemed much higher now that now now you could come back and say if um, minnesota had a bot they were coming off a bye week nebraska was coming off a grueling stretch i get that i mean i understand that but i that those kind of conversations aren't they don't apply to the good teams right you never hear Ohio State <laughs> guys saying well but team x was coming off a bye and we were a little flat because we had had a tough. No, you don't. That, that kind of stuff is that's for mediocre programs to talk about. And right now, Nebraska is a mediocre program. Sip, we're out of time, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the bye week. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you. Guys. Good to talk to you, Stephen M. Sip, Lincoln Journal Star, ten forty-five. Gophers have won three in a row. Yeah, fourth and last five. And how about this from Cam Taylor Britt? Said after the game. Realize when they woke up in the morning that the guys weren't up. Really? That's one of your captains saying that. Holy mackerel. That's, That's damning. Uh, Lee Sterling next. Miller and Condon, 1460 kicks and Owen 106. 2020 expenditure. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Getting to Lee Sterling a couple of minutes late here, Lee. We apologize for that. No so problem. let's get right into your slate of games because yep. I want to save some time for, uh, to talk about that 10-day combo package that you're going to introduce okay. to our audience. Uh, Trent, you ready to go? I am, yeah, ready to go here, <laughs> Lee, as we uh, look at the crazy slate of games here in front of us this week. Let's get into it here. Game number one, Ohio State-Indiana Buckeyes a year ago struggled with the Hoosiers. This is a different Indiana team, and the point spread says as much. Buckeyes favored by 20. Yeah, and and Indiana gave a spirited effort last week versus Michigan State, but another three turnovers. And how about this? Jack Tuttle, 52 pass attempts. You're going to throw the ball 52 times. You're going to end up with three, 350, 400 yards. Two for just 188 passing yards. Talk about check down Charlie there. Uh, the Buckeyes' defense is fresh. Their only loss this year, they give up 612 total yards against uh, a, a team, uh, Oregon, that was ready for them. I think they're looking to gain confidence before they start that tough stretch here. The Hoosiers are 8-2 and two against the spread in the last 10 in this series. Not this year. Ohio, Ohio State in a romper room special, fifty-two seventeen. <laughs> Another big number here. Michigan gives twenty-three and a half to Northwestern, who's really struggling. They are, but I do like the move to Ryan Helinski. I mean, I thought that that it, the move should have taken place uh, before the year started, or at least by game two. 
but the former South Carolina quarterback, he did throw for 267 yards and two touchdowns last week. But most importantly, he didn't throw an interception in, in that game or his other two starts. So, you know, their turnovers have hurt them. That's why they fell behind early in a couple of those games, especially Michigan State. Michigan D, I don't know if they're wearing down, but, you know, people are starting to figure them out. Nebraska put up 431 total yards in 29 points in the last game. Rutgers had more yards and six more first downs. Do you really want to lay that many points to a team, the Wildcats, at 16-4 and four against the spread as a road dog? I don't. I think Michigan might be peaking ahead to next week. Michigan 34-20, Wildcats cover. Going with Northwestern in the cover, biggest game in our state, maybe the biggest game in the country this week, is in Ames where Iowa State welcomes in Oklahoma State. The psych- the Cowboys, excuse me, ranked number eight yet. Here's Iowa State favored by a touchdown. What do you see with the Cyclones and Cowboys? Well, when you see that, the, the non-ranked team, they're favored in a game versus a ranked opponent, especially a top 10, top 15 opponent. The cover is like, you know, like 64 65% of the time the last decade. Yeah, Oklahoma State was impressive the last fourth quarter against Texas. Um, but Texas's play calling was terrible. Bijan Robinson uh, rushed for 135 yards on 21 carries. Just stop giving him the ball. I mean, I don't think Iowa State's going to do that with Brees Hall here. Finally clicking 197 yards rushing last week and two touchdowns here. Jalen Warren is the bell cow for Oklahoma State, but their passing game is inconsistent. Turnover prone here. I'm not falling for the trap. Cyclones 31-21. Let's go to the NFL. A AFC North game has got a lot of people's attention. Cincinnati's on the come, Lee Sterling. I'm convinced of that. Baltimore is already there, and they're a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, it's it's good we can you know take a look at some teams that we don't normally talk about. Give Cincinnati credit; they've upgraded their offensive and defensive lines. But Baltimore's on a different level, and I like the changes that Baltimore makes. They make changes each game. They come up with some new plays uh, on defense. What did they do? They found the Queen was having trouble in coverage, so they've limited him on their third down packages on defense. They found that one of their boundary corners. Uh, uh, was having troubles. They moved him to the short side almost every play. Uh, they, this coaches have really good, also in-game making changes here, and they won last year's meetings, twenty-seven three and thirty-eight to three. So um, I think Cincinnati will probably gain seventy-five, eighty yards rushing, and Baltimore will gain one fifty to two hundred. When that happens, you're going to win a lot of games here. I like Baltimore, twenty-eight seventeen. Going with Baltimore, we finish it up in the NFL with uh, if you like offense. This is the game for you, Chiefs-Titans. Derrick Henry should run for 150 to 200 yards in this game. The reason I just can't come behind Tennessee is I think they played their A game uh, on Monday night. And think that Kansas City just had some bad breaks. bunch of balls have gone through receivers' hands that most of the time go incomplete, have been intercepted. So I think Henry will have a big game. They'll probably score 27 to 30 points, but... Tennessee secondary is awful. So uh, they had every break go pretty much go their way in the game last weekend. I just think Hill and Kelsey just keep rolling on here. And Patrick Mahomes, who's thrown just 11 interceptions the last two seasons combined, who has eight interceptions this year, um, think he's going to start having some clean games here. And, and the Titans also on offense. What concerns me is they've given up 20 sacks here. I like Kansas City, 38-28. Yeah, statistically, look at the standings, and Kansas City's 
last in the AFC West. Tied, granted, but the tiebreaker goes the other way. Anyways, uh, let's get to your game of the week. It is a Big 12 affair. K-State coming off a loss. Trent said they've lost eight in a row in the conference. Texas Tech, don't know what to make of the Red Ravers. They are slight favorites, so if the uh, folks want any more information on that, as well as your 10-day combo pack, which includes all sports, Lee, uh, why don't you talk about those? Yeah, most people haven't figured this game out. I think I've got a line on this game. Do you want to get for free? Call 800-400-9741. And last year we, we did this combo pack, and it's a rare time for like three weeks where all five sports are going on. Football, uh, which we were number one maybe in the world last year in football, have another great year this year. We're off a, a big Sunday night win, big Monday night win, big win last night. All three underdogs were App State. Pulled off the upset. So you want to come on board, you can get all my football for 10 days. Baseball playoffs next 10 days. Hockey, number one in the world last year. No one was even close to us. And baseball at Covers.com where we sell our picks also. We're almost, we're literally in second place now for the entire season. We're on a 10-1 and run in baseball. And then also UFC. So how do you jump on board? All five sports, 10 days. Uh, you're going to get probably 75 to 85 selections, normally $397, $100 bill. That's right, $100 for 10 days, ParamountSports.com. Talk to you in a week, Lee Sterling. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. Well, we're going to change gears. College basketball season is quickly approaching. We're talking about the Big Four with our friend Kevin Lehman, who covers them all uh, throughout the season. In his role as a college basketball analyst for various networks, he'll be with us at 11.05. And then Bill Bender from the Sporting News, Miller & Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.